Welcome to another episode of Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with fellow freelance models. Today I have Katarina Keen on the phone. Say hello. Hi. Hi, Christy. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy that you were able to do the show. I know that you're on the road right now. Yes, I'm actually at uh, Fort Wayne. This is the pit stop in between uh, northern Michigan and Bloomington en route oh. to the West Coast. <laughs> oh, you're going to the West Coast. That's yes. awesome. Where Where are your destinations? Uh, I'm going to be just en route. So I'll go to Bloomington. I'll maybe stop in New Mexico, go to Arizona, LA, and then San Francisco, and then just wind my way all the way back around to home in Northern Michigan. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, if you happen to be passing through South Utah in the next month and a half, let me know. Oh my goodness. That's like a dream to get out there. I feel like I need a little more time to explore. That's one of the, man, yeah, I've got to get out that way. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Is that where you're, is that where you're at right now? Yeah, I'm staying in South Utah until late May. I'm in a very special area where there's tons of epic nature that's not in a national park. A lot of it's really secluded and I've found a lot of cool places that are like packed into a close location. Oh man, I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. One of these days. <laughs> One of these days. Hopefully soon, I tell you. <laughs> I, I wanted to know, I was creeping on your Instagram earlier in preparation for this episode, and I, I noticed that you have such an amazing smile in so many of your photos, and I just wanted to ask, like, is, is that in, intended, like a brand thing, or... Are you generally like very smiley and joyful like that all the time? Oh, goodness. Thank you for noticing that. It's such an honor to have uh, Christy creeping on my <laughs> Instagram page. Woo! That I is creeped. a goal. <laughs> I creeped. Yeah. I just feel like I, I genuinely, I just, I love this, uh, this journey, this life. And I really, I want to share, um, share all the aspects of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely happy to be doing what I am and making a living as a as a traveling freelance artist and uh I really want people to know that uh that yeah I, I absolutely love what I do <laughs> it emanates I can tell oh thank you so much thank you that's that's the goal right there sweet Aww. I also I I crept even further and I saw that you're are you van lifing right now are you you're in a van Oh, I'm totally all the way, all the way. Minivan, stealth, soccer mom, uh, van lifing it up right now. I'm in wow. a parking lot, picking up some Wi-Fi. I reconstructed my whole minivan. So I've got solar panels on top. I built a, a bed and um, and it's just really super cozy. I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you use the an, a bathroom outside of your van or do you have like a composting thing? I, I have a... Uh, a turbo toilet so it's like this pop-up bucket type deal and yeah. I've got these like biodegradable little bags and you can mix some uh packets in there and just you know toss them in the toss them in the trash can because it turns into like a gel which is just what I want to share about this glamorous modeling life <laughs> Sweet. but yes I love it I love it <laughs> how long have you been doing that <laughs> oh goodness uh probably for the last well, before I got this van, I got this van three years ago. And then uh, prior to that, I had like a Dodge Nitro kind of SUV style um, 
vehicle. So I was, I was camping in that as well. So probably for like five years, I've been just doing the, uh, the car camping life and then upgraded to, you know, more of a, this is like more of a sustainable, <laughs> uh, you know, living space in here. So I love it. I eventually I'll graduate to getting, uh, you know, probably a bigger class B camper van, but mm-hmm. taking my time, taking my time. <laughs> so but, you have a base in Michigan though? Yes, I do. I've got my, my home base in Northern Michigan. And I just, um, you know, I feel like I'm everywhere I go. I'm always just searching for nature, but especially water. So I love being surrounded by the Great Lakes where I live. Uh, and there's something so magnetic about that area. So I just, yeah, I always gravitate towards nature or towards the oceans or the fresh lakes. And so, but yeah, it's like something about Northern Michigan just always brings me back. You guys get really nice fall colors up there, I hear. Oh my God. If you are in the area, woo, you just let me know. I'll give you a whole fall tour. <laughs> that would be awesome. I've, I've attempted to target the fall leaves, but in the past, the way that I had run my schedule was planning really far ahead. And I guess there's like a window of time where the leaves are the most ideal. And if I'm planning my trips three months in advance or, or more, then I might miss that window of opportunity. And that's happened to me twice in a row. Unfortunately, I've missed the great colors. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there is a specific peak time when everything is just super saturated. And it's just like, it's glorious. I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I'll say, hey, you have a one week window. Get your butt over here. <laughs> that's rad. Yes, yes. I, I had a class B for two and a half years and it was fantastic. I loved it. It was an extremely emotional purchase and it was a very emotional sale also. Oh no, I could not imagine. Yeah. I think about that, like how attached and how many memories you must have connected to your little mini traveling home. It's like, that must've been hard. Yeah. We needed something bigger though. I've, I've got a boyfriend that I travel with and he's super tall and he couldn't really fit in the van properly. And it was he was getting negative side effects and so we were like, all right, we're upgrading. So we got a big fifth wheel now. Oh my goodness. That's so, that's so awesome. I have followed your van life journey and I just, oh, I'm like, thanks. the rig that you have now is just like epic. I mean, that's, uh, that is so crazy. Is it hard to haul that around and find uh, a good spot for it to, to post up? Um, so when we first got the big rig, we were kind of running our lifestyle similarly to when we were van lifing. You know, we use this app called Overlander to find places to boondock overnight. But there's a lot of complications to a larger rig that don't apply to smaller rigs. Mainly, this thing has six feet that need to level in order for us to use it. We can't pop that. We have five slide outs. And if we're not perfectly even, it's not good for the slide outs. So uh, finding a place to park overnight has to be flat enough for us to make it work out. Uh, And it's surprisingly hard to find that just boondocking in the wild. So we have to scout our locations where we're going to camp in advance And because of that, we also have slowed down our travel. So instead of being somewhere for like two to five days at a time and then moving on, we're somewhere for one to two months at a time and then we move on. But it's more comfortable. It's just a completely different lifestyle. 
than the van life where van life was super great because if you just see an abandoned building on the side of the road you could just pull over oh let's shoot here real quick (laughs) but not with this thing with this thing i i have to park in a place and then take my truck around to find locations to shoot which is it's better and it has advantages and disadvantages Right. Oh my goodness. And I bet the the expenses too. I mean, it's a, it's definitely an added expense for sure with the, with the gas, right? Well, honestly, so when we're towing, we get six or seven miles to the gallon with our truck. But when we're not towing, we only get like 12 or 13 miles to the gallon. And the van that we had got 11 miles to the gallon. So really similar gas mileage oh. on average if you averaged everything out it's probably the same gas mileage because we're not towing frequently like once every month or two wow, yeah that's a good point right there and i love that you can stay for longer durations of time because i feel like that is the part that's that's missing um with this life here is it's not something that it's always like goodbyes and it's very fleeting and it's like yeah you're in one spot and it's just you know you're, you're just getting used to it and then you have to leave again. And, and so, yeah, I feel like I would really, it, it would be more of a secure feeling to have, have a little home. <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. But then if you get a bigger one, then it's going to be more conspicuous and you won't be able to stealth camp as easily. So, you know, there's benefits and disadvantages any way you cut it, I guess. Yeah, that's very true. That's very, I'm so fortunate. I, I mean, I just camp out in parking lots. I, I, I'm just loving the, uh, the minivan life. I've definitely considered getting a dog though, adding mm. a dog to my uh, Zava the van squad. And, um, but I, I just feel like that would blow my cover as well. Cause normally when I get to a destination where I'm going to camp out, I don't leave my van at all. Like I just, you know, yeah. I don't want anyone to see me going in and out of my van. I'm just yeah. like there and I post up my little curtains and I got my guitar and my books in the back and I just have my little Zen time. It's just, it's really, it's pretty magical. But yeah, wow. I, I don't know where a dog would fit in the picture, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, and we, we would love animals too, but we just enjoy other people's pets when we travel. That is the truth. That is the truth <laughs> right there. <laughs> That's I need so cool. friends with dogs, though. That's what's got to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a lot of people do. Um, for the purpose of the podcast, would you mind kind of describing how you got into freelance modeling and the progression of your career and how it's led to where you are now? Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. So I, I started modeling about seven years ago when I saw a listing on, I think it was Craigslist or something. Uh, and someone was looking for a figure art model for a a drawing class. And so I, I don't know, I just had this immediate impulse to, uh, to apply and I got the gig. And, uh, I just remember when I arrived, I was just like sitting in this parking lot with this robe on underneath my parka because it was like a super winter day in Michigan <laughs> and I was just super nervous um so I was looking up all sorts of poses and then I uh I finally got the courage to go in and I was just greeted by all these you know artists and they made me feel super comfortable just before I knew it I was you know I found a natural pose and I just sat there and and listen to uh, like the scratching of the charcoal on paper and the and the paint bristles on canvas. And I was kind of hooked from that point on. Yeah, I was like the subject of these, you know, incredibly talented artists uh, art. And so and it felt pretty timeless, too, because it was like what I had studied in art history. And so, yeah, I started seeing the body as just like this 
work of art. And I, uh, I traded my time to be able to draw the figures that came in too. And I just was like loving all the different ages and, and shapes and the skin tones. And I was just like, wow, like, is there any way that I can do this full time? Yeah, I started uh, <laughs> started looking out for gigs and uh, I went back onto Craigslist and did what no person should ever do. I went to Craigslist. <laughs> I saw that a manager was hiring for this talent agency of his. And so I, I applied to that. And next thing I knew, I was just like ditching my coffee shop job, going to Chicago on a whim, meeting with this agent dude and, uh, and doing some shoots. And um, the first one was clothed. And then the next one was nude because I was told, you know, if you want to make money doing this, you've got to get nude and we've got to build your portfolio and stuff. And, and this was after doing my, you know, figure drawing class. So I was, I was pretty comfortable with my skin. And after that, it was like that same weekend, a model that he was working with canceled from this big event that was in Washington, DC. And so I ended up just leaving my car in Chicago and uh, with some friends of mine, and I flew out to this big event that same freaking weekend. And, and I was just dropped into the world of modeling. I went to this huge event. And that was like the, the start of it. And so like, um, from there, you know, I was still working with this manager, and he signed other models, things just started to get really weird. You know, so like us models basically paid his way while we were traveling. And uh, he was supposed to, you know, get us all these gigs and such. When we got to the locations, there would be like so many random specific cancellations, like really freaking random. Like, oh, this guy's wife is in labor or, oh, this firefighter got burned on the job and can't use his right arm. And just all this weird stuff, like th these cancellations that just came out of nowhere. And apparently the, the messages somehow got deleted. And so there's like no proof of these uh, gigs actually, you know, having existed and, uh -huh. <laughs> and okay. so, Sounds fishy. It, yeah it was so sketchy uh and there were times too where I showed up to really really sketchy locations and knocked on the door uh and a person would answer and I would just say hey I'm here for our shoot and they would say like what who are you you know and I'm like what is going on here and so like for me that was the final straw I was like man I'm in all these tricky situations and uh I don't like this and so and, and all the models that were, were signed under him also had their own different issues uh, with, with that manager. And so we all kind of ditched him and toured together. Nice. <laughs> and, yeah. So we like <laughs> took, we took the contacts and we just ran, you know, so it was pretty cool. But, you know, in retrospect, I, I am grateful to have had some kind of mentor to teach me about uh, model mayhem. And just, you know, he did help me to learn how to organize my my content. And I wouldn't be talking to you here today if it weren't for that experience. So, so from that, I learned all I needed to, and, and I'm, I've been modeling ever since and incorporated the van life into it. So that's the, that's the way I get around now. <laughs> that's cool. I think I was at that event. <laughs> I, I think I remember that. Oh my, oh my goodness. Did it involve like uh, cabins? Yes, it involved cabins. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of land? 
like uh, yeah. surrounding yeah, the yeah. coach. <laughs> yeah, that that one guy who either doesn't oh. run events anymore or he's been like shamed from the mainstream yes. uh, part of the industry. Back then, his events were really good and he ran mm-hmm. them professionally, but now he's kind of, you know, ostracized or whatever for bad behavior but at that time his events were run really well and that was a good event and I, I I remember that I remember you had somebody that was managing for you and you guys were traveling together and I think he got kicked out of the event <laughs> oh my <laughs> I remember that right. I, you know what? I don't remember exactly. I just remember being so blown away by like the fact that one day I'm in Chicago, the next day I'm like with all these gorgeous women at this like resort location. And I was just, I was just like flabbergasted. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so that's so very, cool. That's right when cool. you started. That's so cool that I didn't realize that. I had been modeling you were- a long time. <laughs> I didn't know you were at the event. I I faked it till I made it. I mean, I tried to make it known that, hey, I've been doing this for a while, but really it's like my second day on the job. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, I guess you seem like a natural when it came to posing and like just presenting yourself with confidence. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I definitely, I feel like the figure modeling did help me to just have that like initial comfort in my own skin and, and to see, you know, to see it in that light was, was pretty cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. That's really sweet. You were there. What? I was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Awesome. Uh, that's where I first met Zoe West there at that event too, I believe. And there was a lot of other full-time traveling freelance models there that some of them are still modeling today and some of them have moved on to other things. Wow. That's, yeah. that's awesome. How yeah, cool. Good times. And so now you're traveling in your van from city to city and is booking photo shoots your primary gig now? I mean, yeah, I, I do a little bit of a lot. So like, so I, I do a lot of freelance everything, but I really do feel like modeling gave me that perspective that I can make a living at whatever I do. Um, I just have to, you know, put the work in. So I learned web design early on uh, in social media management. I'm also like, I... I do some indie filmmaking and stuff too. So love videography and, um, and documenting the journey. And so, yeah, like as long as I have my little minivan camper, I can park outside of a coffee shop and steal some Wi-Fi and, uh, just live that, live that freelance life. And it pays the way. That's awesome. And I, I crept further. I saw that your link is your, your YouTube channel. And I went and I checked out your YouTube briefly and your latest video is, uh, uh, an update of a documentary that you're making about your your dad's artist travels? Yes. So I think traveling just runs in our uh, our lineage. <laughs> so my dad is uh, just an incredibly talented artist and has had such an insane life and upbringing. And um, when I was in fifth grade, I made a timeline of his life. And that's when I realized like, holy crap, this guy is like, the real deal. <laughs> and so since then, I've been just documenting his life and collecting different archived footage to turn into a documentary. And uh, so I've been, you know, the last two years, I've been just interviewing people from all over Michigan, and then we'll expand, we'll do a father daughter road trip around the country, just interlink with people that my dad has impacted or who have impacted him in a positive way. And especially in relation to 
art and education because my dad has been a teaching artist of over 35 years and and he's just got he's just inspired so many people and really embraced like different learning styles throughout that so I think it will be a very moving documentary and just so much heart because it's just father-daughter dynamic going on the road you know it's it's going to be a journey <laughs> that's really awesome I've, I found through interviewing people that their relationships with their parents often have a major role in like how they got into modeling or their reason that they're modeling or they have some some dynamic with their parents that impacts it whether it's like a um, a rejection or an acceptance of their career uh would you say that your father and or your parents if you do still have both of your parents are they supportive of your modeling oh yeah i i am i am really uh really grateful because I, I do understand yeah that dynamic is it's either out of rebellion or you know to try something new or whatever but I do feel like just the, the arts of all um, mediums were celebrated in our household and my parents are both self-made artists who made a successful living at that on their creative paths and so I, I feel super grateful um, super grateful to have their full support in the modeling world and also my dad taught figure drawing classes when he was younger uh so he understands seeing the body as um as a work of art and also i mean i do uh they're they're hippies i I grew up with older parents um my dad is 73 years old so and my mom is you know in her 60s and so it's like just to have um that more kind of hippie parents who uh who celebrate those uh those paths are just it's just awesome (laughs) I'm fortunate like I you know count my blessings every day I'm I'm very grateful for that that's really awesome do you have any siblings I do have siblings yes I've got um I've got two sisters and two brothers yep wow you have a big Mm -hmm. family I know but they're all older than me one of my sisters is like 20 years older than me so we've got huge huge age gaps and all different all different life you know (laughs) journeys Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's so it's, cool. It's cool, but to have those like so I, I don't know, just to have the my my older parents, just to for them to share their words of wisdom and incredible stories and and great music. I feel like I really, I'm really a a child of like the more of the '70s, <laughs> and uh, that's why I really a lot of my friends are in their '60s, and I really relate to that that era. It's just kind of, it's kind of strange, but it's, I really, really enjoy it because I get to pick up a lot of, a lot of wisdom along the way and (laughs) yeah, it's nice. Yeah. A lot of photographers are kind of in that age range also. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would say that I also kind of lean towards like the seventies and eighties music. Uh, People might say that I like dad music or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace it. Own it. Yes. Yes, dad music is probably the best music, you know, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> yeah. So what, what I saw you also are an artist. And in that video on YouTube that I watched, I briefly saw a little bit of your art. Tell me a little bit more about your art. Oh, goodness. I feel like I, uh, I feel like I've just dabbled in so many different mediums from singing in the shower to just throwing paint around. And, um, but I really, I do find, I, I, I'm just really passionate about videography and being able to tell a story through videos and being able to 
put these all these random pieces together into one cohesive uh, storyline to be able to um, to be able to create an experience for the viewer. And I I love that because it combines all of the arts. Film combines everything, and I just yeah, that's my that's my favorite medium right there. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I love it. That's really awesome. So as you've been traveling, you have all these different types of photo shoots. What what genre would you say that you end up getting booked for the most? Uh, I feel like a lot of people book me for um, for glamour and figure art, uh, figure art nude work. And those are like my, you know, those are my favorite genres anyway. A lot of people too, like for portrait photography, because I feel like, you know, some people just like my face, they're like, you have a Hollywood classic face. And so <laughs> I want you in my port. And, and so that's, that's pretty cool too. And I would say those are like the, the genres that I present to the public the most, you know, I post them on my, post them on my Instagram. And I, I do feel like what you present is what you get back in return. And, uh, and that's really cool. Because <laughs> a lot of them are just uh, sweet artists who want to build up their ports or um, just work with someone who's a uh, you know, who enjoys it and <laughs> and wants to make some art. That's awesome. Would you say that most of your shoots are positive experiences? Uh, I would say a majority, a majority of my photo shoots are, yeah, amazing, positive experiences. I would say in the beginning, um, I was listening to one of your, your podcasts and you were saying that you were just kind of rambling through your modeling the start of your modeling career, like trying to just not get kidnapped or killed. Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely relate to that. And um, there were so many red flags that I ignored from the start, like uh, that I just didn't know were red flags, I guess. And it's like the drugs and alcohol and making strange comments. And, um, you know, I've had multiple times where I'll go into a shoot or like a, a host place and there's like a massage table set up. Oh, and God. they just say, you know, they just say, oh, yeah, I just casually give massages to people, you know, as a side gig, if you ever need to uh, relax or anything. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool, because I see the candles like burning and I smell the oils and the nag champa and the ambient music. And it's just like you're just a, a casual masseuse who just leaves your candles burning all day. Cool. That is cool, my friend. <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> They're trying yeah. to set the mood for you or something. I know. He's just trying to get me in the bedroom or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's happened so many times. But I feel like just doing the, just asking for recommendations and I'm, I'm much more safe about it now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that kind of leads into something that I ask everybody on the show. I, I call it the photo shoot fail of the week segment. Can you describe a scenario where you had a freak photo shoot in some way, whether the scenario of the shoot itself and the situation surrounding the shoot were crazy or the photographer themselves was just like way out of line? Like what's one of your stories that kind of sticks out in your mind? Oh my goodness. There is one in particular that where I was, uh, I was hanging out in Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco. My model friend and photographer were on their way to pick me up from my wanderings. You know, I was just hanging around and uh, we were going to go do a photo shoot. So they picked me up. We were on our way out to Baker Beach, which is like the nude beach under the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, yeah. And uh, we shot with him so many times before. I mean, we trusted this guy. He's awesome. And then, you know, on our way out, 
he's like, you know, hey, since it's a nude beach, do you mind if I get naked while we shoot? And so, you know, both my model friend and I were like, hey, you know, we'd rather not. Let's just keep it professional. And you can do whatever. You can get your testicle tan when we're done. Like you just, <laughs> but, you know, let's keep it professional. No, thank you. And this came out of the blue because we'd worked with him so many times before. So we just let it kind of go. So we ended up hiking down. It's kind of a hike to get down there. I think you, you've probably been down there before, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, so along the route, like, we're, we're walking and we run into this uh, strange, just gnarly looking long haired character who just keeps popping out of the bushes with his, you know, with his penis in his hand. And what he's just, fuck? yeah, he was just masturbating to us, just walking. And he's just like, and it was weird because he would show up time and time again when we were hiking down. So we, we hiked faster and then he would just like appear in front of us and we're like wait we just passed you and so <laughs> it was strange I don't know if there's an underground tunnel system or some shit that just I don't know but he just kept popping out of nowhere just proudly showing it off and uh it was a little funky but we finally you know we finally escaped this masturbator man and uh got to the bottom my friend and I started our shoot so we were wearing these hippie flower wreaths in our hair and dancing about in the water. And we were just like in our element, just having the time of our lives. And then our photographer, he like went around to a different angle and he says, oh, I'm going to get, you know, a different angle. And so he steps in the water, gets about ankle deep in, his wa in the water there. And he's wearing like these light khaki pants. And, and suddenly he says, uh, oh no, I got my pants wet. I have to take them off. And so he just takes his pants off and uh, we're just like... <laughs> Oh my God, what, what's happening? And there's some things you just cannot unsee. Like I just, this, I just won't go into details for the sake of the listeners, but, but oh my, my God, God, my friend and I were just there stunned looking at this naked dude, like what in the hell? And, and on the shoreline, guess who it is? <laughs> it's this masturbator man oh. just jacking off, recording the entire thing on his phone. Oh so somewhere out there, this footage exists of like this whole interaction. And this guy, this, oh, it was just, yeah. After that, I, I think we told, uh, we told the photographer, hey, please put your pants back on and just we'll wrap up the shoot. You know, after what we had witnessed, like, we can't just get out of there. Like, we got to get paid for this shit. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> so, so we, we played it cool. And, uh, but we, we, uh, we got paid and we uh, made it known that it was just not okay for him to do that. And uh, yeah. I, has that ever happened to you? Like, have you ever had someone say, oh, uh, I'm a nudist too, and just like get naked or what? I've had somebody ask <laughs> if they could get naked, and then I said, I'm not comfortable with that. Not because I'm not comfortable with nudity, but it's because I know that if they ask that question, it's because they're going to be getting off on it sexually. Like, you wouldn't ask that. Like, you wouldn't be doing a photo shoot, like, naked. Like, it's just, that's not normal, right? right. Like, they're doing right. it because they're trying to get off, and it, it's not, it kind of takes away from the feeling that you're creating something for the shoot and it makes the feeling of the purpose of the shoot seem more like for their sexual gratification, which makes you feel like uh -huh. less of a model and more like a, like a entertainer of sorts that you're not intending to be in that, that way. But yeah, I have had weird um, nude beach shoot experiences, but I haven't had the photographer get naked on me at a shoot, even at a nude beach. But that, mm. that is, so inappropriate because you already told them let's keep it professional you can you can tan after we are done shooting but why don't we keep the actual shoot 
with you with your clothes on because you're more comfortable that way. I, I would feel the same way too. That is, that is so weird. And you had already had a good repertoire with this guy. I know. I know. I think it was just like, oh, maybe I've built up enough trust with these gals that maybe it's time for me to just just take the take the risk like no dude no you don't just say oh I got my pants wet and then just freaking strip down naked like no okay you got your you got your shoe wet and then you're just like uh, intentionally because you wanted to get a different angle (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it was just I it was a very uncomfortable experience and it's you know it's it brings back some some pretty horrific visuals I'll tell you what (laughs) oh my god yeah I I I will let my imagination just kind of rest right there. <laughs> yeah, there's been so many stories, though. I, I feel like it's just, it's pretty crazy. This, the, you know, this modeling world. Woo! <laughs> yeah. And there's definitely a lot of experiences and things that I've learned about that I wouldn't have experienced or learned about through traveling nude modeling. And I would definitely say that the good outweighs the bad, but the you know, the crazy stories are always the ones that people want to hear about. <laughs> right, right. They're definitely the most entertaining. It's just like, did that really happen? Yes. Yes, it did. Yes. <laughs> I had a witness. I had two witnesses. I had I had my model friend and the masturbator man. Like, come on. Uh, that is so weird. It's <laughs> a real deal. <laughs> So because in this particular situation, you'd already worked with this photographer multiple times and you trusted him, I'm guessing this may have happened with other photographers in the past where you trusted them and eventually they crossed the line. Has it ever affected your, your view on humanity as a whole and whether or not you can trust people or trusting yourself when it comes to gauging whether or not somebody is actually your friend and somebody that you can trust? Oh, goodness. You know what? I feel um, that's a great question. Wow. Like, yes, it does make me question humanity and just wonder why people do the things that they do and think that it's totally okay. I just don't let it phase me. I think that I kind of put it on myself and I just say, hey, you know what? I could have done something differently there. I could have double checked with some uh, photographers or some models to see if they had sketchy experiences too. And I just try to improve every single time I shoot just to make sure that I can prevent situations like that from happening, happening again. And some things are just inevitable, but it's a risk that the modeling world brings upon us. (laughs) It's definitely made me more careful. That's what it comes down to, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I get that as well. I've definitely, I feel maybe learned more about like how people will act if they're trying to gain your trust for ulterior motives. Hmm. Sometimes it's hard to tell like if they're being nice just because they're trying to gain your trust. I I always, I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt because I love people in general. I suppose I I find more red flags that make me hesitant at times. Yes. And I've seen, uh, you know, the modeling industry can definitely harden people. I've seen it happen to some of my friends. It's one thing that I feel like it's, gosh, I feel like it's important to, um, to just, to just keep going and try to prevent things like that from happening before. But I, I love, um, Brene Brown has like her definition of, of, of courage. And it means just like showing up letting yourself be seen uh, despite the risk, showing up, opening yourself, 
and connecting with individuals knowing that it could yeah so anyways I feel like I just try to be more careful with the situations I put myself in and it's not about the money it's you know am I comfortable and (laughs) am I making art with people who I enjoy working with and that's what it comes down to (laughs) that's good that's good And I'm sure, especially now that you have a lot of experience, I'm sure less of those predatory type people contact you because it seems like they usually prey on people who just opened their Model Mayhem page and and such that. Well, yeah. And I feel like I, yes, I feel like when I was, uh, when I was first starting out, I didn't really know where I was going to go in the modeling world. And I, um, I didn't know my brand or my style. And so I was just experimenting with a bunch of different, um, categories and I got into some fetish stuff and I, you know, I figured out that, you know, if I'm, um, if I'm doing more of this, this fetish style, it does attract kind of a a different audience. And so I was like, well, maybe if I present myself a different way, maybe I'll attract, you know, more of the people that I enjoy working with. Props to the fetish. I love the fetish stuff. I really, I do, but I just, I feel like the quality of the people that I really enjoy um, working with are like, are just there to, there to just make some art with me and, uh, and have a good time. And I, I really, I think that it's all about, I guess, how you present yourself because you can always rebrand yourself. You can always recreate your identity in the modeling world. And uh, it's never too late for that. (laughs) Yeah, I I fully agree with that too. And I've gone through phases where I've kind of changed the way that I'm trying to present myself. Unfortunately, now, uh, I guess Instagram is still kind of the most major platform. Model Mayhem is kind of phasing out. Nobody, I mean, most people, I don't know about you. Are you booking more on, on Instagram or, or word of mouth or... I feel like I just have like this grandmaster contact list of people who I just hit up when I go to different locations. I still use Model Mayhem for uh, travel notices and stuff just to just to see if I get any hits from that. And there are some older folks who really still like stand by Model Mayhem and won't let it go down. So I I message them on there. But yeah, I feel like just emailing people and um, Instagram. Yeah, has definitely been the main the main source of my uh, my bookings. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is because Instagram has changed what they allow as far as imagery. And I I don't know if you've experienced this, like getting your account taken down or getting posts taken down, but I used to be able to share censored and implied images, which allowed me to share my more artsy stuff. But Mm -hmm. on my account, I'm so shadow banned and on the chopping block at all times that I can only post things where I'm wearing something on top and something on bottom. Oh, I've definitely experienced it. I, uh, I just went through my, you know, I went through my Instagram and just took it all down. I put it in the archive and I was like, you know what? Someone's out there trying to trying to take me down because it was just like you know I feel like it's just that one person out there who just really disapproves of of your yeah. content who's just like well I'm gonna ruin this person's day yeah. <laughs> and then you get on the blacklist for Instagram and I feel like they just kind of constantly have you on this on this um check chart and you're you're uh yeah you just ha- kind of have to conform to it and uh it sucks it really does Cause it's like, it's our art, you know, it's man. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you on Twitter or any other platforms that are less censored? I 
was posting a bit more on Twitter years back, but no, I'm just, I'm just sticking to simple Instagram and, and some Facebook posts and, uh, that's about it. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. And that's one thing I'm like trying to do more of too. I just feel like I've created so many separate worlds where it's just so much to manage. I've got the modeling life and my personal life and my van life and my film world. And I'm like, you know what? It's just time. And that's what I, I'm inspired so much, um, you know, about what you share on your on your page too. It's just like you've merged all of these these paths together and you share like the intimate details of your of your own story. And it's just like really, really inspiring and and helping people. So I, I love oh, that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank it's you. amazing. I, I have struggled with what is the best way to go about using social media. Cause at one point I had a separate page for my van life and a separate page for my personal and a separate page for my photography, videography, and a separate page for my model photography, videography <laughs> back when I had, I was trying to do more commercial stuff, which I don't even, I'm, I didn't go far into that. It wasn't inspiring to me, um, right. but I had like a separate page for everything. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to only use one page. So I did that. And then I, then I felt like, Oh, it, this is too jumbled up. When you look at my page, you don't know what's going on here. So I've semi separated it. Um, but honestly, like I'm just kind of still, shooting in the dark everywhere I go I don't know what the best possible option is but I, I mainly just stick to my one main page now and I'll I'll sync posts with like something I, I have an underwater page <laughs> and oh. um, stuff yeah I definitely I, I've done the same thing it's like managing all these different parts of me these are all me though and it's just like I've just decided it's just too much work to just try to try to keep all of these uh just to just juggle so much so I'm just like here I am this is me all of that's me. cool <laughs> yeah I, I saw you have a page for personal and that you had a page for your art and then you have a page for your modeling mm-hmm. on Instagram yes yes and I just mainly post on like my uh my personal one and I post just modeling shots on my modeling page and I'm I'm content with that <laughs> that's cool do yeah. you ever feel like you might have a like your identity as a model is separate from your identity in your personal life? And do you have a struggle with what your identity is as a person and keeping it different from your modeling? Or do you feel like you're just mended those together? I, I feel like that has been, that's been what I've uh, been trying to work out, you know, it's just, it's just, wow. Like I've had, I've kept my modeling hidden for so long and um, it is an important part of my life and my story. And I just feel like it's time to just own all of these, own all of these um, unique parts of my journey and just kind of bring them together. Because, yeah, I felt a separation in my modeling world and uh, in my ability to communicate with uh, people that I loved because I just kept I just kept it so separate that it was weird to even talk about. You know, I just. I don't know. I'm, I'm super grateful that I'm kind of just letting everything mesh and I'm going to see where it takes me. But I, I already feel like more, 
of a union within my within myself. And I feel like that's what's most important for sure. <laughs> Pulling all these pieces together to finally, you know, make a whole. And it's it's nice. That's awesome. For you mentioned earlier that you realized through modeling that you could be a freelance person and do your own thing indefinitely. Do you see yourself modeling for many years into the future or moving further into other freelance projects? Um, yes, I feel like I'm just going to model and until I can't with a, you know, with just a goal of, um, trying to do more creative concepts or maybe travel more internationally and just um, kind of piggyback my uh, videography off of all of my travels and stuff. So um, I'll be continuing the modeling, um, just being more conscious of, I guess, what I want to, what I, what I want, you know, (laughs) I feel like, I feel like my whole life has been just um, me trying to uh, please everyone else. And I'm kind of in this phase where I'm like, you know what, I think it's just time to do some things for for myself and stand strong to that. And so, yes, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm on that journey. Uh, I'll be, you know, also interviewing people for the documentary and doing that doing that whole gig. So, working on YouTube, getting a travel series going out there, and just yes, following my uh, following my dreams. <laughs> it's awesome. It's yes, it's it's really good. It's really good. It, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 26. 26. Wow. As of March. Oh man. 26. Have you have you heard of the concept of a Saturn return? Uh no, I have not. It's something that came into my awareness when I was around 28, but it you might be having years earlier and where you kind of realize that you are not on this earth to please other people and that you're on this earth to seek your own enjoyment and fulfillment and you take your life into your own hands. And that, that's kind of like the gist of what I got when I read about what a Saturn return was because I felt like this shift in my mentality when I was around 28. Wow, it's called a Saturn return. Yeah, yeah you, that's check it out. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm going through. Yes, yes, cool. because... So what, uh, like the metaphor of my life is, uh, you know, I was, there was a big storm rolling through Northern Michigan the other day, it was a snowstorm and my friend needed to park in our driveway. Um, because if you stay overnight in the street, you'll get a, you'll get a ticket cause the snow plows can't get through. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember like getting the shovel and just like, I'm going to help this woman and just heaving snow to clear out a spot for her and just mindlessly shoveling. And just like when I finally stepped back, I looked and her spot was totally clear. And I had just like unconsciously shoveled all of the snow onto the base of my own car, getting it stuck. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, just remember looking at myself like, oh my God, this is my life. You know, helping everybody else, getting stuck in the process. And then, you know, who's going to bail you out when you're stuck? And it's like, it's just you. So (laughs) it's like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, uh, working on is just, yeah, I feel like I give so, so much of myself and, um, I think I need to return to myself to, to really, uh, you know, give myself that same, uh, that same love and attention. Well, that's really awesome. I mean, that's a crazy story. I, I, uh, (laughs) had a shoveling snow experience recently. So I identify with how challenging that is and how frustrating if you were to 
leave the snow in the wrong place. And then you have to do it pretty much twice as much over again to get yourself unstuck. I know. It was so bad. It was like, I was just like, wow, this was a, a lesson. I, it was a reminder. <laughs> but people, yes. pleasing, people pleasing also like comes up in doing photo shoots too. Have you experienced learning more about yourself in that matter when it comes to working with photographers? Yes. Yes, most definitely. I definitely, I have a, a people pleaser kind of mentality. Yeah, I, I've, I've become more more conscious of it and my patterns. I I can look at it now from a distance and be like, oh, okay, that's what that is. And, uh, and kind of catch myself before I'm like, oh, of course I'll do that for you. Like, no, I have boundaries and I'm really, really trying to improve um, with uh, setting better boundaries. And But I, I do feel like it's a lot of, it's a lot of conditioning I got to undo. That's yeah. darn sure. So it's yep. like just, I think just the first step is just becoming aware of it, trying to recognize it before you act on it. And then just, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being clear with your, with your boundaries and, uh, and uh, trying to just improve from there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a journey. And I think a lot of people have a similar path with that. A lot of models that I've interviewed for this podcast have, have brought that up too. And I've experienced that as well. And for me, people-pleasing affected the types of photo shoots that I accepted and the way that I presented myself because I was thinking, oh, these are the types of photographers who want to hire me. I'm going to share more images of myself in these types of outfits. And at that time, it was like sexy schoolgirl, like mini skirt thong type stuff. And that's not really me. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I was in junior high, I was like the weird goth kid. And I, I wanted I wanted dark themes. Like when I first started modeling, I was like <laughs> really wanting to be like the dark gothic chick. And then I ended up becoming the the Barbie girl, like schoolgirl chick. And then I, I was like, wait, why? After like a few years of doing that, I was like, how come no like serious artists want to work with me? And this kind of <laughs> comes back to what you mentioned before, like what how you present yourself is what you're going to bring back to yourself. And I had to learn that the hard way because I wanted to do more creative stuff, mm -hmm. but I was just people pleasing all the people who would easily book me and going with the path of least resistance. And it affected my modeling career at that time. And it took me a while to kind of rebrand to do stuff that I wanted to do more of. Wow, that's and that's so true. I feel like all of us models can uh, really relate to what you just said. <laughs> yeah, it's, I didn't know you had a you had a little gothic phase too. I definitely I was the the you know gothic chick had a mullet, chains, were all black, and you probably I could show you a picture and you would not even know. Like you I would, would not even recognize <laughs> me. Um, but I feel like you know I was also I was hardcore. Um, it bullied in school and and just I feel like uh, a lot of that um emotional pain kind of stored with me throughout the years and so I I am grateful that I I met a I met a gal she's still my best friend today and her name's Jasmine Holloway and she uh you know she just looked at me and she said you're so colorful. Why are you wearing that? <laughs> and so because of her, I feel like I, I, I was able to find my light and just start expressing that light 
And, uh, you know, I just thank, thank God for those people who come into our lives and, and help us see ourselves in a different way. Um, because I, I do, I feel like little people come into our lives and just give us these little bits of wisdom that can totally transform us and, and, uh, yeah, and not, and make us feel, uh, not so alone in this big world. That's amazing. I love that. Well, another thing that I ask everybody on the podcast, and we might've already addressed this. You can just let me know. I call it the rising Phoenix era of your life. Can you describe something in your life where you were faced with a challenge or a need to change that you had to overcome, whether that's related to your modeling or, or anything else in your life? Yeah, I feel like there's two phoenix risings in my life i feel like i'm going through one right now but um you know about five years ago my dad uh you know he had a pretty major heart surgery and since then he's just had uh, so many different heart related health issues throughout the years and we're super close and so i just feel like i'm constantly uh, you know trying to find this balance between being home and and uh, taking care of him but also understanding that i need to have um my own life and, and express myself uh, through my modeling too. And so it's like finding the balance between my travels and, and, and home and knowing that my time is, you know, it, it's precious. It's precious. Cause you know, we're all, we're all going through this cycle of life and uh, I just want to spend as much time with the ones that I love while I have them here. And, uh, and so that's, that's one big, big thing that comes up for me. And then my Phoenix rising right now is just, you know, within the last few months, I've really just looked at myself and uh, (laughs) finally, finally giving myself the time and love that I uh, so easily give to others. So I'm just, I'm just trying to learn to just let go of things that no longer serve me. And I've gotten rid of like three quarters of my life, just donating it to shelters and, and uh, just getting rid of things and, and like recognizing why I've held on to these items for so long and what the meaning is behind that and and just kind of observing myself (laughs) and I'm like wow you know just literally letting go of the baggage and so it's been really good um and what's changed my life completely is um is starting a morning ritual and I you know I get up earlier in the day now and I um I read this book called The Morning Miracle and it's all about just doing something for yourself in the morning and so in the book, they mentioned like this acronym called Life Savers. And so it's like the S, the Savers is the acronym for these six things that you can do every morning to just uh, enhance your life. And so the, the S is the first S is like sitting in silence and meditating for a little while. A is affirmations, So like reciting some affirmations. V is visualization. So you can just visualize your, your dreams and, uh, or have a vision board. E is exercise. R is reading. Cause maybe you'll find a little bit of information that can help guide you through the day in a book you're reading. And, and then the last S is like scribing in your journal and you can do any of those things for like one minute or like 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. Like, but I feel like now that I have been starting my day every day with just this little this little process, and it's not the same every day for me because I I'm just not that way. <laughs> yeah. But um, but 
yeah, just starting the day with, with something that's good for you and your health and, and your, your mental health. It's just like, whoa, it totally, totally shook me up and, and has changed me. That's and awesome. So, yes. So hopefully, you know, someone listening might be able to pick up that book and, and do it too. Cause it is I've, so. I have read that actually. <sighs> I read that a while ago and that. That was around the time that I had recently gotten sober and I had a lot of anxiety and I needed to like get it together and <laughs> having a morning routine, it sucks when you first start, but then when you get used to it, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this all the time now. Suddenly I'm a morning person. <laughs> right, right. And it's the same thing happened to me too. I'm like, um, you know, going through this whole self-help journey, all these things, you know, happen in my life. And then I'm like reading all these self-help books and, <laughs> and so... So it's like, man, yeah, I'm glad I, I'm glad I found that one. And, and, uh, you know, I, I realized the importance of even just spending a, just a tiny bit of time to just uh, sit with yourself. Jeez, it's like, can totally change the way you think and, and recognize your thoughts. And yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's I think cool that's really good advice. It. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've read that. I've read a slew of self-help positive type books for like managing <laughs> your life and a couple, I'm not going to list them all, but a couple of the ones that really stuck out that I read multiple times that I really liked were The Slight Edge. I don't know if you've read that, but that was a no. really good one. It's about how you're constantly either, you're never staying the same. Like you feel, pe people might feel like they've plateaued and that everything is staying the same in their life but you're really always either progressing slightly upward or downward with your choices. And there are all the tiny choices that you make throughout the day in your life, like whether you're going to brush your teeth before you go to bed. Over the course of time, those choices compact. And your slight edge of whether you're, you're going to make the decision for yourself that's going to over time improve your life or drag you down, down the road is that's kind of the lesson of the book, but it's really good. I loved it so much. I read it like four times. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Wow. That sounds, that sounds great. There's another one that I read recently that kind of freaked me out a little bit, but it was really good. It was called mm -hmm. 4,000 Weeks. Ooh. And the premise of the book is that the average person's lifespan is about 4,000 weeks. The theories of the book are kind of rooted in stoicism. So telling you that you shouldn't be worried about like minutia. And I couldn't tell you like details about the book right now. I just remember I listened to it as an audio book. And I was just like, oh my God, I've got 4,000 weeks to live. Like, why am I sitting here worrying about what I'm going to post on Instagram? You <laughs> know? <laughs> yeah oh wow man that's crazy Four thousand weeks that really puts it into perspective huh yeah that's, that's pretty wild Ooh. yeah Ooh. Uh, one yeah. book that I read recently was uh you know it's an older book it's it's just called the four agreements oh yeah have you read that I have that's a that's an old <laughs> classic I love that the, the the concept of it is super pure it really is. And it's just so simple that anyone can grasp it. Um, but it really like, it really hit home for me because I, I had read it long ago and then I just got it again. And it's just, God, you can read that thing within an hour. <laughs> and, uh, and so, 
but yeah, like one of the agreements is, you know, don't take anything personally. Oh, that's the one that I have the hardest (laughs) time with. (laughs) Me too, like me too. So in the book, he mentions like, if someone says something to you, don't take it personally, because, um, you know, one of the examples is like, because if you do, you kind of already accept it as truth, right? So if someone calls you stupid, and you take it personally, you've already come to accept that within yourself or react to it. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you would be um, immune to it. So I feel like when I was bullied back in the day, um, it it really helped me to just realize that like, hey, you know, what others said to me is just a, a projection of their own stuff. And I, and it, and it's helped me to look at it differently and, and kind of heal from that. So it's, uh, yeah, what a cool, powerful book. And it's just, you know, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And it's like, man, I should have that mounted to my uh, forehead when I, <laughs> when I look in the mirror. Because it's like, I'm, I'm constantly um, going back to it. So it's you. You have a really good memory, by the way. You remembered you remembered all four of those agreements and the whole acronym from the other book that you read. Did you pull that up from memory? That's really spectacular. <laughs> no, I feel like just things. Um, I have actually a weird memory. Like I'll just remember all the little things and won't remember like the big picture. But uh, with certain things, like if it's an acronym or or I have a you know a really deep connection with it, I'll, I'll remember. It. <laughs> Yeah, That's it's cool. kind of kind of a, a a very malleable uh selective memory. <laughs> I think that might be part of the reason why there's some books that I've read four times in a row because I'll read something <laughs> and it'll impact me and then I'll think back and I'm like I don't remember a single chapter of that book and I've got to read it over again. <laughs> right, right. I do the same thing too and like it's like different parts of your life when you're reading it and different parts uh resonate with you as well because you're going through a different time. So it's like Ooh, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I do that yeah. with my poetry all the time where I'll like, you know, I'll write some poetry or whatever. And then I think it's done. I'll go back to it and I'll just change the entire thing because I'm feeling a different way. And uh, it's just like this constant evolving expression. And I'm like, well, it's never going to be done. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's art. <laughs> That's awesome. Where do you share your poetry, by the way? Uh, I have a little, uh, you know, a little Instagram page. It's AOD Poetry. And um, and that's just kind of been my, my little outlet. I don't post on there much. It's kind of more of like a personal um, personal journey. But yeah, I need to get it out there more. And and uh, maybe maybe people can, can uh, you know, relate to that as well. A long time ago, there was a website. I think it was called poetry.com. And if you were a poet, you could submit poems to be featured and sometimes win prizes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I wonder if it still exists. If it does, you should submit some because that's cool that you're a poet. I just, man, I, I really, I really enjoy it. I actually did, uh, I, uh, on a whim a couple months back, I sent in my, like a manuscript of my poetry to couple different competitions I don't remember exactly the competitions but I'll let you know if I if I get any any feedback (laughs) but yeah I feel like it was uh it was a bold move by me because I feel like it's just something I've held so close to my close to my heart I don't know (laughs) so that's that's pretty cool I felt proud of that one (laughs) that's awesome yeah well, we're we're about at time. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up on the podcast before we close? 
Uh, no, I just I just want to say thank you so much for just shedding light on the on the modeling world and um, you know bringing awareness to the to all the aspects of modeling and uh, you know I, I think this will really empower women to want to you know, help others and uh, and uh, keep people safe. So thank you. Yes, I've I've I just been. It. I've been so touched by how many other freelance models want to help each other out. And I feel like there's so much personality and depth that doesn't translate like in a photo on your portfolio or on your Instagram or whatever. So I want, that's what part of the reason why I wanted to do this to kind of share that there is like a whole world where a lot of us know each other and we talk in these little private groups or like group chats we're, we are a community and if we get wiped out of a platform, then another platform will, you know, bring us back together. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> I love that so much. And you, you have definitely uh, inspired me so much along your journey. And as far, as far as the quitting drinking and sharing all these aspects of your life. And it's just like, wow, you know, oh, yes, I you. can't wait to hear more of your podcasts and, uh, and see where this goes, because it, it is very important. So Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Yeah, Yay. thanks for thanks for doing it with me. Yay! And uh, and if you're ever in Michigan, I mean, I mean, those fall colors will be waiting for you. <laughs> you, you said you're in Northern Michigan. That's where you're staying. Yes, yes, like Traverse City area. Okay, I might. So. I I don't have plans for Michigan right now, but I I'm in a point in my life where if I want to fly somewhere from where I'm staying, I I can do that because I'm not like moving every three days now I have I have a little bit more solidity in my in my travel plans oh that's awesome well you just yeah. you just hit me up you got my All number right. now <laughs> thanks thanks Kat it was great chatting with you oh, thank you so much Christy I hope you have a beautiful day thank you thank you bye